Oh, what fresh hell is this? This is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. All right, it is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. We are recording this on November the 12th. Uh, we've got uh, myself, Junior, Senior, Kirk, and of course, Alan, the cigar savant Friedman is with us as always. Uh, I have on me tonight the Rocky Patel Edge Habano, which is a uh, definite favorite of mine that I pull out every once in a while. Uh, also a very nice, reasonably priced uh, cigar, as is most of the Edge line. And give those a chance if you get uh, the opportunity or find them in your local shop. Uh, senior, are you smoking over there tonight? Yeah, I got the BGM. Uh, it's BG Myers. Uh, it's actually under the Camacho umbrella. I picked them up just as a, a budget smoke to have going down the road, but I've been pleasantly surprised with them. It's a Nicaraguan Puro, and pretty tasty, and especially for under three bucks. A stick. Is that the same one you gave me uh, last week or so? Yeah. Yeah, that was one. Along with those Taranias. Yeah. I uh, right. actually smoked that one on the way home last night. It was pretty good. Like I say, for under uh, three bucks, I was well pleased. May have just been the fact that I hadn't smoked in a while, but it seemed like a, a fairly spicy stick. I don't know if you get that same uh, same thought there. Yeah, it's medium to full, and um, I picked up some uh, some spice in it. So he may have yeah. gotten a little more not smoking. Yeah, probably so, and it'd been several hours since I'd ate anything, so it may have been a little harsher uh, on the palate there. Kirk, what do you got with us tonight? I'm doing the Camacho Diploma, one of my uh, newly found favorite Camachos. I love them. Yeah, it's a little little less uh, spicy, a little less bold than some of their other blends, uh, especially since they've been rebranded. But, um, you know, to me, that was one of the biggest surprises. It seemed like... um, you know, they kind of went away from their traditional uh, blend. And, you know, this one kind of hits me in the same way that like a Fuente Hemingway does, um, where the flavors are all kind of in that medium um, sweet range and just, I don't know, just smokes smokes like a champ too. Um, Camacho did a great job with it. Yeah, that's a, that's a favorite of mine that uh, almost always at least one or two floating around in the humidor. And uh, what does the uh, Cigar Savant have for us tonight? Well, for this show, I chose the CLE Carajo. Now, you know that a cigar is a lot more than taste. There's always a great backstory to a great cigar. And Christian Aroa, who's a name that will always be associated with the 94-rated Camacho Cigars and Corojo Tobacco. Christian Rowe and his father owned Camacho Cigars until David Off acquired Camacho in 2008. And Christian remained as the president after the acquisition. Now, in early 2012, Christian started a new company, CLE, using his initials, Christian Luis Arora. And while CLE may be a fairly new company, uh, it's already had a rich, long history in the cigar industry. Now, on the construction 
the, the CLE Corojo was launched at the 2012 IPP, IPCPR convention and trade show, and it was produced at the Tobacco's Rancho Hamastron factory in Honduras, where Camacho cigars are made. The CLE Corojo is a Poro, with the fillers significantly aged and grown in Honduras from Cuban seed. Now, being a Poro, the binder is also Honduran and then dressed with a gorgeous Corojo wrapper, also from Honduras. And this is the same wrapper that made Christian Aurora and Camacho famous. And as you would expect, the construction is flawless, and it's topped with a triple cap. The draw is just pleasant and provides a nice full body of rich, cool, smooth, and creamy, delicious smoke. The cigar is medium to full bodied. The smoke is delicious, teeming with hearty nuances. It's a true flavor bomb, sporting an earthy espresso coffee-like flavor with notes of a creamy, sweet vanilla. Now, I also found nuances of black pepper, wood, cinnamon of a Red Hots candy. Uh, The flavors are well-blended, balanced, they're complex, and rich, all complementing each other. The CLA Corojo has received 90-plus ratings, and, you know, of course, now I know why. Christian Aurora has proven that he's made the right decision and that he knows Corojo Tobacco. And this is a must-try cigar, and my tip is that it gets a Cigar Tipster radio show by recommendation. Now, I paired this, uh, the CLE Corojo, with a cup of coffee, and not just any cup of coffee. I had Cafe Auto Coffee from Honduras. I mean, where else would you have a cup of coffee from? As a matter of fact, I had several cups. Now, Cafe Auto Coffee is known as the Golden Coffee, and it's from Auro Honduras. The taste is very smooth. It's very yummy, and it's it's a very dark coffee, but not at all strong or bitter. And there's a real coffee aroma and it has no bitter aftertaste. The beans are shade-grown, they're fair-traded, certified, organic. And another tip I have for everybody is that you've got to try this coffee, especially with a cigar. Yeah, sounds like a good combination. Uh, Now that uh, CLE Corojo, is that the 660 version? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I... um... I enjoy that. That's one. why I had to have several cups of coffee. Yeah, <laughs> true. Uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely a big cigar. Uh, one of the few big cigars I really like, uh, but I uh, smoke it pretty often because the cigar room here in Madison carries them, so it's a easy thing to pick up and not too expensive. And speaking of the original uh, Camacho Corojo, uh, I know Kirk. At one point, you were hoarding a box of those. Did you finally go through all of them? Yeah, unfortunately, I uh, I found a bunch of the old branded Camacho Corojos and enjoyed them for probably about a year, maybe a little bit longer. Um, and now I'm smoking the the new brand like everybody else. 
both both good. Um, I've had obviously more of the new one than I did the old one because the old one was kind of uh, on its way out when I first started smoking. So I didn't get to try as many of those as maybe some others have. But yeah, I think Christian's doing some really good stuff with uh, his line right now. Yeah, and I, I would just add this that, um, you know, I think the original Camacho Corojo, the one that made Christian famous, um, or at least famous in my eyes, it probably wasn't appreciated enough in its time. And maybe it was. Maybe I was just too new to the cigar industry to really appreciate it. I've always enjoyed it. The price point has always been great, but it really was a special cigar. And so when Christian came out with the CLE line and then came out with the CLE Corojo, um, kind of mirroring his original you know, a uh, masterpiece, uh, you know, awesome. I'm really glad it's, uh, it's done well. And it is another one that I've added to my regular lineup just because, uh, it brings me back to the original Crow. All right. Definitely. Well, and I think don't he came out with that, you know, almost originally out of his stable, uh, you know, to create that name recognition, you know, and that taste recognition again, and generate some very fast, quick success. Yeah, I agree. I, I think he definitely made a smart move using that to kind of relaunch his brand. And uh, don't forget to check us out, uh, cigartipsters.com. Uh, if you go to the podcast link on the page, you can find all of the various uh, places where this podcast is available, like Stitcher, uh, Buzzsprout, uh, and a host of others. Uh, we provide links directly on the website to a lot of these places. So all you got to do is click through and uh, hit the subscribe button. Uh, and that'll let you know when we drop new episodes here and there. Uh, now, another story that I found interesting today, Cigars International is already known for having the largest uh, retail tobacco state uh, space in the United States up in Pennsylvania. But it looks like heading into 2018, they are going to be building a couple of more. But one of the confirmed locations is going to be Dallas. Uh, I can't say as I've done a whole lot of business with Cigars International, but given the the FDA uh, climate that we have right now, I, I think it's good to see any anybody cigar related still still going into expansion mode. Else's thoughts is on this. Well, you know, Cigars International does this event every year called the Cigar Fest, mm-hmm. and it sells out within hours. So the fact that they're going to open up some more stores, I think, is great because that probably means there's going to be several of them around the country. Cigar Fests. Sure. Yeah, give, that us a would definitely chance. Be give us a greater chance to get to one. Yeah. yeah. Now, if, if they put one in Atlanta, we got it made. I highly doubt um, Minnesota's on their list of places to stop. We're not a very very, uh, business-friendly or or tobacco-friendly state, but I would be thrilled if they brought something nearby. Maybe maybe over across the border in uh, Cheesehead Land, they'd put something up there. Wisconsin. Uh, As a thumb, uh, I tend to support brick and mortar a lot more than I would support the catalogs. what I like to use the catalogs for is these like super deals where you're going to get a bundle in an ashtray or a bundle in a cutter or where I'm buying 
oh god, I almost hate to say this, you know, bundles for twenty to twenty-five dollars uh, as yard cigars. No, I, I don't blame you for doing that at all. The hell, senior does it too because he, uh, you know, he don't, he don't want to waste a twelve-dollar cigar driving down the highway. Exactly. Well, that's what these BG Myers was. Uh, it was a purchase just, you know, online from Holtz. And it was simply, you know, something to smoke going down the road. And I'd say, I'd say there's, there's nothing wrong with, um, so initially when I was a, a shop owner um, and I heard that Cigars International was open, opening these retail locations, uh, you know, I consider that a pretty big threat. Coming away from that a little bit, now that I'm a little bit further from it, I think that I see it the same way as maybe Costco or one of these other like really big stores does business where, you know what, a Costco isn't always convenient to go to. You know, sometimes you just need eggs and milk. And so you're going to go to the, the gas station down the road or the Target or whatever. You're not going to drive the extra distance to get there. And I think the same will be true for any of these um, uh, regions that get a CI retail store where, you know what, if you're going to go spend a few hundred dollars, maybe it is worth the extra drive. But if you just need a cigar to the last day of the day or, or a few sticks for the, for the golf course, you're probably not going to change your buying habits. And so that was a long winded way of saying, I don't think there's a huge threat to the, the smaller shops. Um, you know, I don't know if they would agree with me, but I've kind of, I've kind of changed my stance on that. I wouldn't think so that they're, they're a threat. As a matter of fact, they might actually end up increasing an area's business on cigars as people become more aware of cigar smoking. Yeah, it seems like it might be kind of the, uh, the Trader Joe's of the, uh, of the cigar world where you tends to go there and fight the crowds and, you know, be involved in walking around this gigantic store with, you know, 10,000 choices. Uh, more so than being able to walk into a small shop, go to directly to the humidor, grab what you want, and walk out. Or sit down and enjoy yourself. Sure. Well, that's one advantage the brick and mortar definitely has over, uh, you know, online stuff is the the ability to, you know, sit down and lounge and enjoy the cigar and conversation uh, with like-minded people. And speaking of cigars and conversations, you can check us out on Instagram, uh, instagram.com forward slash cigar tipster. Instagram map directly on your phone. Just search cigar tipster and you'll find us there. We're always posting pictures of uh, what we're smoking, accessories we're using. Probably just talking about cigars, uh, what we like, what we don't like, uh, interact with the people on there and see what you guys are smoking. Cause a lot of times you turn us on to cigars that, uh, have been vice versa. So give us a, uh, a follow over there and we'll talk cigars down the line here. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had the, uh, Alabama, Tennessee football game, which is in this part of the country. Uh, probably the, the second biggest football game of the year behind Alabama Auburn. Been uh, this started as kind of a, an Alabama tradition go, but it turned into a 
to the victor go the spoils type situation uh, between these two teams uh, where the winner of the Alabama-Tennessee game gets uh, victory cigars. And way back in 1961 by uh, Alabama athletic trainer Jim Goosetree. Cigars after the uh, Tide beat Tennessee, as much as I hate to say that, 34-3 uh, back in 61. Um, and I, whether he knew it or not at the time, it would become a tradition that still exists to this day. Uh, for Alabama, pretty much any big game, they win ends with a uh, cigar celebration. But uh, as much as I hate to say this part, too, 11 years ago, Tennessee actually beat Alabama. They sort of took over that tradition. So it has become an interesting uh, way to cap off a big game for the winning team here. Uh, so what are your guys' thoughts on sports? Uh, and we'll kind of keep that thing going over the next couple of topics. Well, I think cigars and sports have always gone together. You know, you you look at uh, baseball, Babe Ruth. You know, he used to uh, chemically enhance himself with whiskey and cigars. That was a joke, guys. You're supposed to yeah. laugh at that. <laughs> I guess it went over your head. Uh-huh. It, it did at first, and then I kind of got it. I was like, oh, he was talking about steroids. It was like too late. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, definitely uh, – that. and really the, the odd thing is that used to be the the most dangerous thing, for lack of a better way to put it, that you know sportsters were using uh, before anabolic steroids came along. I think yeah. it's – Again, I, I say and, that you know sports and cigars go together – and and it's a shame that the the nanny state has s- separated it so much and they seem to get really annoyed and bothered by uh, cigar traditions you know the winners always gotten cigars yeah winners always gotten cigars new dads always get cigars you know there there are a lot of cigar traditions out there you know, Hell, they give out cigars when kids are born. You know. Yeah, I would, and, I would, uh, I would just, I would just add to the the sports thing, uh, and I think this is kind of Alan's point. You know what? If you don't like it, no one's making you. And uh, and and frankly, if people want to enjoy a cigar anytime, it's no one else's business. Uh, assuming that person is of legal age, so. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that if uh, a member of the Alabama or Tennessee sports teams chose not to partake in cigars because that is, I'm pretty sure that'd be acceptable. And uh, with that in mind, you know, I would just, I would say this, it, it, you're right, it's a nanny state issue. And uh, it's, it's frustrating that we have to talk about things like this. Well, and to that point, even Alabama coach Nick Saban does not partake his fate. He does not smoke, but uh, he does not stop his players from participating in this uh, victory celebration. And another effect of this is that the Birmingham, Tuscaloosa area shops, really all the shops in Alabama for that matter, chicken uh, cigar sales during this time because the, the fans kind of treat this as their own uh, as well, so I noticed in the article that a lot 
the shops get a uh, a notice as well. So I think it's good in several different ways. Now, Mark, I don't live in Alabama, but doesn't um, Perdomo Cigars have a really good presence on one of the campuses there with sports? Uh, he's a big Alabama fan, mm-hmm. and I think possibly alumni. Yeah, you've got that, and literally, you could throw a rock from Alabama's campus over to uh, R&R Cigars in Tuscaloosa. It's uh, Cigars are really big in that town, and I'm sure um, Tim has probably mentioned that shop somewhere along the way. Well, doesn't yeah, he also have a son that goes there? Uh, I'm not sure if the son's still in college or he's already graduated. I'm not sure yeah, either. The daughter that. the youngest. I want to say the daughter graduated, but I'm not sure if she was at Alabama or not. Yeah, I'll look into that, and uh, we'll discuss it uh, on next week's show. Uh, speaking of keeping the uh, sports thing going, I the other day that uh, Michael Jordan in his uh, – Retirement has been enjoying an average of about six cigars a day. When does he have the time? (laughs) Yeah, really. Sometime between uh, breakfast and dinner and uh, sitting by the pool, pool, uh, six cigars a day. So apparently the man does nothing else uh, besides smoke and, I'm assuming, golf. But one interesting thing I noticed uh, on the article that I got this from is that Jordan actually has – Cubans, and he enjoys one of those a day. He's limited himself to one per day, but um, I, I always like to see these, you know, fairly decent sports stars, you know, getting out there and giving a good name to cigars. You know, most of these people are, they have good reputations and, and things like that, so I don't think they're bringing any negative connotation to old, uh, six a day might be a little, uh, little strong. Uh, the only time I smoke six a day is in Woodstock. Or so, at an event. True. Yeah. Uh, the, See, the last now, when he says he smokes six a day, I'll bet you there's a lot of uh, cutting and lighting and, you know, maybe smoking an inch, a half inch of the cigar, and then having to move on to something else. And then, you know, a couple hours later, he's lighting another one and you know, smoking a, a half inch to an inch and having to put it down and go on to something else. So yeah, probably by the end of the day, he looks at it and goes, well, I did six cigars. True. But it probably equals one. And the odd thing about that is that would drive me insane for a couple of reasons. I like to cut it, light it, and enjoy it. You know, to me, the best cigars are the ones that I really don't have to get the lighter out more than once in a smoke. Um, when you do it the way that he's most likely doing it, it becomes work uh, versus relaxation. So, yeah, that would drive me insane. Plus, it's just a waste of a good cigar. Well, I'm not saying that he would relight it. I'm saying he'd start a brand new one. Yeah, take a couple of puffs. Like you said, smoke an inch, toss it. And then maybe his uh, caddy and friends are picking them up and they're going to auction them off in uh, 50 years. 
<laughs> could be. It could be at next. And that uh, guy in Florida will end up paying a lot of money for them. Were you here for that show where we talked about that? No, Maybe I don't think Winston so. And Churchill's cigar. Uh, it was a scar. Churchill's name on Churchill's. it. Churchill's. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Um, but he had smoked it. About, what three four inches and it sold for twelve grand at an auction. That's that's awesome. It, you know, so, you guys have mentioned two names now. Um, so I'm part of this cigar club, and we recently came up with a list of people that we would want to smoke with if we could smoke with anybody. And Michael Jordan was like in the top ten. Winston Churchill was in the top ten, and the other the other pop culture name is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is also a avid cigar smoker and a big a big advocate for cigars. So he must be doing something right if he has the admiration of the cigar culture. You know, and Arnold Schwarzenegger was also one heck of an athlete, too. Yeah, it definitely did not. Uh, smoking cigars did not hurt his stamina at all. Yeah, definitely, definitely didn't put any harm on his stamina or his uh, bodybuilding abilities. No, I did not. I think he did just fine for himself. Yeah, so take that to uh, help nuts. You know, I'll give you a little tidbit. In the early days of auto racing, the drivers used to smoke cigars while they drove. Hmm. And the real reason they did it was so they could use the cigar uh, between their teeth because shock absorbers didn't really exist yet. <laughs> Interesting nice. and not a bad idea either. <laughs> I was going to say a bit of trivia there. Kind of gross in my ah. opinion. I, I don't know about you guys, but I really dislike when I get a big, uh, a big tobacco chunk in my mouth. Well, I, I don't. I don't necessarily like chewing on cigars, but I'd rather do that than break my teeth. Fair, if I were in yeah. the same situation. But yeah, I, I have no... Uh, that's another thing that bothers me. I can't stand people who don't like the cigar. They just stand there and chew on it all day. Chewing tobacco, if that's the, the road you want to go down. Yeah, I agree. And then uh, Rocky Patel is creating probably a very the stable of sports guys for his cigars. Mm-hmm. And you got Ray Lewis. Didn't he the one that has the Mike Dick- Ditka? Mike no, Ditka? Uh, well, Mike Ditka is Camacho. Yeah, Camacho. Oh, yeah. Okay. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, as we kind of roll this along, it... Uh, we could probably sit here all night and toss back and forth uh, how sports and cigars somehow go together, whether it's uh, victory celebrations or product endorsements or blends made for certain people, that kind of thing. Uh, I like it. Uh, be sure to check us out on Twitter and Facebook as well at Cigar Tipster on both of those places. Again, it's uh, just places where we're talking about what we're smoking podcast are getting uploaded and uh, when they'll be available for you. Uh, so give us a follow on those two platforms. Uh, as we roll into the holiday season, we're uh, 
very, very close to Thanksgiving and not too far from Christmas. Uh, have any special cigars that you sort of save for this time of year, or do you have any uh, plans to smoke something out of the ordinary uh, during the season? I can tell you that I typically on holidays don't have special cigars because I usually have a lot of family around and, you know, they're going to mooch the cigars. So I'd rather do something simple and easy where I'm, I'm not cringing because they're smoking one of my 15 or $20 cigars. You know, that's, that's actually a really good idea because, you know, a lot of times you have that situation where, like you said, they mooch off of you or they want to smoke a cigar just because you're smoking a cigar, whether they into it or not. So, yeah, it's definitely good to have some uh, lower echelon stuff to hand out. Uh, you were telling me on the phone the other day uh, when you were in Brazil, you had the exact opposite reaction where you lit up one and no one bothered you. It was amazing. I was at a wedding, and it was in a giant open pavilion, at least the party was. And I said, well, let me pull a cigar out, light it up, and see what happens. If they get upset, they'll get upset with me, and I'll put it out. Nobody bothered me. Nobody said a word. Nobody seemed to care. So I was able to join several at that, at that wedding party. Uh, to me, that is the definition of a, of a perfect event where you can smoke and no one cares and get uh, cigars for them and five of their friends. So definitely a good deal there. I, I don't necessarily a particular special cigar that we go for during this time of year, but I know me and Senior will usually in humidor sometime between Thanksgiving and Christmas and, and pick out something good when it's just us. Uh, that way we can uh, get something that's got a little age on it. I know we've got several things. Uh, some Opus, <coughs> Opus X, uh, some three or four, a four year aged vicarious. Uh, you, you see it more than I do. Oh, there's still some of the Quattro Cinco's from 13 uh, that are in there. Uh, some of the opus that are coming up on uh, four years now, I think it is. No, are those the opus lanceros? No, they're the uh, opus. Actually, we bought in your shop uh, years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, like I say, they're uh, they're probably getting at least four years on them now. I bet those are those are bringing me darn darn fine when you get around to them. And, uh, some other Fuentes and some stuff like that that are in there. That uh... You know, so last year, CAO came out with a box of cigars for Christmas. And each one was, was labeled differently. It had interesting things in it, you know, like um, Nasty Reindeer and, you know, Psycho Santa and... I'd like to find that this year. There's a yeah, shop there, uh, special. in Memphis that has those. I don't know if he sells the whole complete box, but I do know that he's got uh, a box of them 
because I saw it open on the shelf the last time I was in there. Yeah, I'd like to find a sealed box. Last year, you could get them online from CAO, but they were out within 24 hours. Are they unique blends, or they just have different bands on them? They were supposedly unique blends. Interesting. Do you think it's meant to be more of a novelty, or is it? I believe uh, so. Yeah, I I think it's more of a novelty, but it's just the the concept of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so yeah, because I I was gonna go ahead. uh, Just to answer your initial question, Mark, you know, holiday cigars up up north here, it's a little different. I mean, once uh, October or once Halloween passes, opportunities to enjoy a nice cigar because it's really hard to, you know, take your time and enjoy it. So I would say if anything up north here, unless you're smoking inside your house, but actually smoke lower quality cigars for most of the winter, just because it's not worth uh, lighting anything too expensive on fire. Well, that's well, another good reason to go to a cigar shop. Yep, and, and, and there are a number of folks who do that, Alan, uh, but uh, not not everyone can get there as often as, as we'd like. I'd say I, my best opportunity to smoke a cigar is after the kids are in bed and the most cigar shops are closed by then. So you've got to go outside and freeze. Yep, yep. I've, I've got a, uh, a small heater that, uh, that takes the edge off, but it still doesn't make it warm enough where I'd really be able to uh, relax and unclench my shoulders would not be worth smoking a, an opus or anything like that in, in the, the winter months. Yeah, last winter he actually did the show in front of his propane heater on his, uh, I believe, what is it, screened-in porch or something like that? Yep. Sunroom. Yeah, I've, I've gotten brave a few times, gone out. I think the coldest I've ever smoked, just as my brother and I went outside with our little heater, and it was uh, negative 8 degrees, but with wind, I think it was you know negative double digits. And, well, that's painful. Uh, yeah, I mean, we we uh, well, we took some great pictures, and our even our little heater barely could do could barely function. It was so cold. So, uh, but one thing Minnesota Minnesotans are good at, I think, is uh, surviving. We made the best of it. You are definitely uh, definitely tougher than I am. I think I'm, uh, I'm, because, uh, uh, well, I can handle I it better than Steve. that's why we but... live in the South. Exactly. You know, people settled in Minnesota all those many, many years ago, and they're like, fuck, it's cold. And I'm like, well, you could have left. Well, okay. the sad part is Kirk left and then went back. <laughs> he, he had the best of it. He was in Alabama. He knew what it was like down here. <laughs> I'm going to feel sorry for Ben. (laughs) You know, Ben, if he's lucky, is going to get three months of being able to smoke outside. Poor Ben. Yankee. (sighs) Yeah, I can't wait. I know it's probably a month or two away, but I'm interested to to hear his reports of his first uh, winter in Maine now that he is officially a resident up there. Uh, I believe Portland, Maine area. So yeah, hopefully 
He's gonna hopefully get when he, in. yeah, hopefully when he comes uh, to visit, he still has all his fingers, toes, and testicles still attached. Well, his wife has them in a jar, so. Yeah, we... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Those are already detachable. <laughs> well, it's 31 degrees so, uh, in Portland, Maine right now. <laughs> that, that, that's not terrible. I can live with that. But when you start talking about minus anything, I'm out. All right. Well, this has been another edition of the Cigar Tipsters podcast. Does anybody have anything else they want to throw in before we head off tonight? Based on our silence, I would say no. Crickets it is. We could all say Ben sucks and he didn't show up. (laughs) Yeah, Ben sucks. But honestly, he knows it. He's known it for a long time. Bless his heart. Anywho, this has been the Cigar Toasters Podcast. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Good night. Night.